Anyway, since we seem to be out of witnesses, I thought I'd drink a little. Happy Friday afternoon, Tyler. Happy Friday afternoon to you, Rob. Sounds like uh, your day is uh, about as stressful as mine has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, about the same it sounds. So, um, all sorts of things we could have talked about. I want to talk about Black Lives Matter again. I'm on excited about this, but we kind of did that. And it's stressful to talk about for particularly a couple of white guys. One of which is 58 and uh, maybe doesn't know his lane. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about our new graduates. That and in anticipation of that, I meant to run around and get ingredients for the graduate cocktail. But my day was crappy and I didn't get a chance to. So I will not be having a graduate cocktail. I'm just having a beer. So what's a graduate cocktail? The graduate cocktail, one and a half to two ounces of gin, a splash of elderflower cordial, lemon juice, lime juice, a splash of club soda, and lemon zest for garnish. And I pretty much have all those things. Oh, man. Well, I don't have elderflower cordial. I've got elderflower liqueur. That's pretty close. Saint Germain. You ever drunk this stuff? I don't even know what an elderflower is. Lovely, sweet, flowery kind of liqueur. For, for now, I'm going to make two straight Jack Daniels. That, that's a good day. On the straight law day. Make yeah, it easy. Because I need it. Yeah. Um, I don't need it. No. I enjoy occasionally having a drink. And here we are at the end Got of the week. Yeah. yeah. No, no. We're here enjoying. Which yeah. really kind of leads into our little discussion. But I'll talk about that later. What are your thoughts? Like, what would you like to say to the graduating class of 2020? Your alma maters, if you will, at the University of Calgary and mine and the University of British Columbia. What's the message du jour from? Well, let's let's start off by saying congratulations. This has been a long trek, and none of it was easy. I know that. So congratulations. Uh, so yeah, I'm a little closer to having graduated from law school than you would be. <clears throat> and so there's some things that are kind of fresh in my mind that I wish I would have known or thought about or someone would have talked to me about. Um, and I've got a little list. So they see me look down at my list and I'm just kind of thinking about it a little bit. Uh, and so the first thing that came across my mind is that law schools are in big cities. And it's probably a little bit late at this stage. Law graduates probably have jobs lined up. But just because the law school is in a big city um, doesn't mean you have to work in a big city. And I guess this is coming from a guy who came back to a small city, uh, you know, but I, I would like to encourage people to think a little more outside big cities if that's something that might interest you. Um, not to discount that anyways. Um, my suggestion, and someone made this suggestion to me, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody told me, work as hard as you would work at a big firm in a big city in a small city and it's going to go a long way. And um, I think that it has. So work hard and, uh, and that's important. Uh, I also think 
maybe be open-minded about what it is that you want to do. I know a lot of graduates come out and think, yeah, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. And uh, the truth is this, you may, someone's also said this to me, you may never know as much law ever as you do now. And you might get a little more focused and you might get um, a little more experience in certain areas or types of law or subject matters, but you know a lot of law right now and a lot of basic law that's very important. And that's going to diminish a little bit as you go through your career. You're not going to remember every aspect and detail about the peppercorn, which all of you know what I'm talking about. Um, so you might, you know, you might lose that a little, uh, but what you're going to gain is experience in the practice. And the truth is, uh, if you were anything like me coming out of law school, you had basically no clue what practice is, what the practical side is. So here's my advice on that is make sure you get a good set of articles. Make sure that you are finding a firm that you like, that you think there's a lawyer or lawyers there that have good experience that you want to work with and learn from. And while you're going through it, take some ownership of that. It's not just on your principal. It's not just on the law firm that hires you to make sure that you're getting the best experience. You got to work hard. You got to be committed. It doesn't stop at the end of law school. Um, you, you have a lot to learn as far as the practical side of it goes. And I'm still learning. Uh, so make sure that you get that. And I wanted to tell a little story about me and my principal, Mr. Harvey here, uh, that I think is funny. And I don't know if you know what's coming, but I'm going to tell it. So uh, I remember for weeks, I was so excited that I got to go and sit in on a questioning with Rob Harvey and Lori Andriachuk. They were going to do this questioning and I got to sit in and, and I was so excited for weeks. I was waiting for it was my calendar morning of, I show up and of course I'm early for work and I wait and I watch and I'm watching Rob's office saying, when is he going to be in? When is he going to be in? I don't, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to ask him questions. I'm going to walk over to the Lori's office with him. It's going to be exciting. And then, Oh, I got to go take this phone call. So I go, I get the phone, come back out. No, Rob, no, Rob. It's getting close. So I go and I talk to his assistant. I say, Hey, I mean, Rob's not here yet. He's got this questioning. Oh, you just missed him. He was, he's just here, left for Lori's office. So I get my coat on and I hustle over and I get over to Lori Andriachuk's office and I go up in the elevator and I come out and I tell the receptionist, Hey, I'm here for the questioning. She says, No, you're not. Who are you? The lawyers are in there. And I said, Yeah, I'm Rob's student. And I said, I'm supposed to be in there. You got to get in there. Can you please go let them know I'm here? And so she goes, she knocks on the door and I can hear what they're, I can hear him, right? And so she says, hey, there's a Tyler here. He says he's here for questioning. Rob says, Tyler, Tyler who? But I managed to get in. I forced my way in. I, I did I, not. I heard it with my own ears. He lied. <laughs> and, but I made my way in and I took notes. I wrote down every single undertaking, not sure exactly what that was at the time. And, uh, and I made sure I got a good experience, not to discredit Rob. He was a wonderful principal and still is a great mentor. Uh, you know, when you're focused on what you're doing and you're good at what you do, sometimes you just put your head down and do it. But, but yeah, you got to have some ownership. So that's well, I'm chagrined. I'm chagrined. <laughs> and yet somehow you're still in the practice. <laughs> hey, here we are. We'll figure. All right. Um, yeah. Well, what do you have to say? What? What do you have to say? Well, it's interesting um, because like you say, we have a, a slightly different experience. I mean, I've been at this for 34, going on 35 years. Um, but I remember 
you know, I remember going to the interviews in downtown Vancouver, where I went to law school, and then also interviewing in Lethbridge and trying to debate what I wanted, although I was pretty sure I didn't want to stay in Vancouver as much as I love it there. And so I think your point is well taken. And it gets to, I gave a lecture to lawyers at a Lake Louise conference two years ago. And the first thing I said to all these lawyers was, what do you want, right? What do you want? And I think too often um, we don't ask ourselves that, particularly young lawyers. And one of the things, and you know, I've spoken to University of Calgary a few times on specifically on, on small, smaller firm and uh, non-major center uh, firm opportunities. And one of the things that happens in law school, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you were there more recently than me, but there is a certain prestige and a certain expectation about what you should want. And that prestige in my day, and I believe it still exists to a degree, is the bigger the firm you get hired at, the better you are. Like, is that still a thing? Still a thing, yeah. At least right? a few years ago, yeah. So, you know, so you have these students like naive little lemmings flocking to these big firms, praying and hoping that they'll get picked up by, by these majors. Um, and, and I don't want to discount a major law firm. They do things that our firm, for example, is never going to do. But they're going there without any idea what they want, right? They go there because of social pressure, I think, to some degree. Now, the one interesting thing is when I was with the Law Society of Alberta, I was the chair at the end uh, when we wrote our uh, retention and reengagement task force report. And, and I was just the chair at the end. There were other previous chairs that helped create that over a few years. But one of the things we discovered was um, to begin with, uh, young lawyers leave private practice about 60% within five or six years of being called to the bar. But the other really interesting thing is the highest numbers of those leaving private practice are those who were working in large law firms. Mm. So what that should tell a young lawyer graduating today it's not that you shouldn't think of a large law firm, but be aware that that may not be the be all and end all. And then in fact, experience suggests that in some real way, that is not a preferred course of action. And so smaller firms may be something you want to consider. Um, but beyond that, what firm you're going to go to, uh, the other kind of comment that flowed from that when I was talking to these lawyers is control your life. Don't let your life control you. Um, be healthy. Uh, there's way too many lawyers that come out of law school and, and I want to work the 18 hour days and I was one of them. And uh, my wife understood at the time and, and you, there's a certain badge of honor being in the office until midnight on a regular basis. Well, uh, if your health is being uh, hurt and your relationships are being hurt, that's really problematic. So what I would say to young lawyers is be energetic, enjoy uh, the experience, but take a moment to 
and, and do it regularly, maybe at least every once or twice a year. Take a moment out and say, what do I want, right? Do I want to make lots of money? Um, you know, and, and keeping in mind that the difference between a partner in a successful firm, even in Lethbridge, and a partner in a larger firm in Calgary may not be as dramatic as you think, but even if it's two or $300,000 a year, you're gonna consider 40% of that likely is gonna to go to the federal government, the provincial governments. And then what do you do with that money? What have you got, right? So, um, so that's what I would say to young lawyers. It's similar to what you say, you know, but take yeah. a moment and say, do, do I want, you know, lots of money? Uh, do I want an area of practice that's fulfilling even if it makes less money? Uh, do I want a good family life? Do I want to be healthy? Is my employer going to tolerate the fact that, uh, you know, I'm going to the gym three or four days a week. So I'm not going to be in the office until seven or eight o'clock in the morning, or maybe even nine or 10 in the morning. Um, I want to coach my kid in baseball. Is my employer going to allow that? Uh, or is my practice going to allow that? Because sometimes even in private practice, you know, um, well, I can't possibly coach soccer because I'm just so busy. Well, ultimately lawyers, the one thing I love about our profession is that we're ultimately self-employed. Whether you're in a big, huge firm or you're in a small firm in a private practice or on your own, really you're always self-employed, right? Because the big firm, they're gonna hand you work, but ultimately you're gonna decide how much you wanna work and whether you wanna stay there or not, not them really. They might fire you, but you'll find another job. You know, so anyway, that's my big advice. If you don't take anything out of this little video, it's ask yourself what you want and then set about a plan to make your life what you want. There's too many lawyers that are addicts, alcoholics, depressed, um, having heart attacks at a young age, um, losing their marriages. It's uh, mm -hmm. can be a thankless profession if you don't take control of it. That's my... What? That's good advice. Good advice. Yeah. Consider Don't what drink you want. Too much, but drink a little. Part of enjoying your life. Yeah. So what other thoughts do you have for these new graduates? Well, you know, maybe along the lines of what you were saying a little bit, um, and this really pertains to people who are in private practice, whether it be big firm or small firm. I think you want to identify who your clients are and then try and create a bit of a network. There's some value in you having um, a source of work, right? Whether you're in a big firm or small firm or whatever. And so a lot of the time, especially when you're new and junior, your, your clients aren't gonna be you know, people off the street. The clients that you have are really the partners. You're doing research for them, you're doing appearances for them, you're assembling you know, disclosure for them, you're doing things for the partners. And so if that, you know, to start or, or for a long time or whatever is your, your clientele, well, you need to own that and know, okay, these partners are my clients or if it's people off the street or a mix and you got to make sure you identify that. And then uh, I think you need to serve them well and build that network. Make sure they're served well, make sure you're meeting your deadlines, make sure, um, yeah, make sure they're served well. And then it, when you do that, when they're pleased, when you're doing a quality job in a reasonable amount of time for a fair price, uh, you're going to create this network of clients um, that rely on you. And all of a sudden you have some, sort of intrinsic uh, worth within the, the field that we practice in. Um, and so that'll keep you employed and uh, kind of build your confidence. It'll make you happier, I think, uh, with work. So 
yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I like your advice. I think, I think to make sure that to, to evaluate what is it that you really want and then aim towards that is fantastic. I remember, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Rod, I remember I had a bit of a turning point um, where I was employed, um, where I had kind of said, look, uh, my wife is pregnant, we're gonna have this baby. I'm kind of thinking I want to parent maybe like a half day a week. And somebody laughed at me and said something about how are you going to make it in this business or in our firm or something? Um, if you want to be a parent half day a week. And that was a bit of a turning point for me where I thought, yeah, this isn't, maybe that's right. Maybe I shouldn't make it here. Maybe this isn't what I want. And I'm not there anymore. We're doing something different. So uh, yeah. So yeah, sometimes that little check-in can be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it is a difficult profession. What we do is not easy. Um, yeah. Um, and if you let go of the control, you let go of the reins, give them to somebody else, it creates a high level of stress in an already stressful job. So I think, like you say, well, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want, uh, you want to be a divorce lawyer? You don't want it. Don't do it just because it's a job. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to be a corporate guy? You know, uh, now, depending on the course you take, you may find that practice takes a long time to develop, but you know, if you persevere, you, you can get there. Um, so, yeah, so those are kind of my thoughts. I think, you know, the profession is changing. One thing I might say to young lawyers, in, in, and I remember at a, a Law Society venture retreat in Jasper, that we had this whole discussion about ethics, right? How do we, how do we enforce our ethical obligations with young lawyers, right? And, and there was this sort of, penal focused well if they don't do this you should do that and and you know we, we need to educate them and make them read the rules and this sort of a thing and the one thing i said is we shouldn't impose ethics we should explain to young lawyers how ethics are a badge of honor that the things that we do as lawyers by and large are really unique we have these trust accounts and at any moment in time we have access to millions of dollars of our clients' money that we can give to ourselves on a whim, really. Um, and we don't, right? We have things called undertakings that we give to each other. And it sounds odd to a non-lawyer, but when I say to another lawyer, I undertake to do this, that's a solemn promise. And that means something. And so it's not that I'm being burdened by that ethical obligation. I'm honored that I'm part of something where ethical obligations mean so much. Um, we are such an integral part and you, you know, and I'm gonna get back to it, even though you said we talked about it. We talk about Black Lives Matter, we talk about indigenous issues, we talk about women's issues, right? Um, we are a part of that discussion intrinsically and we should be very proud of that. And so if you're a young lawyer, um, be proud of the fact that you're a lawyer. Uh, look at your ethical obligations, not as a burden, but as an honor. That you're better than the accountants. You're better than the other professionals, in my opinion, because that ethical standard that you hold on to that means something to you, makes you unique in our society. And the one thing that bothers me right now is, you know, I'm working with Self-Represented Litigants Project and 
you know, I'm on Twitter today, arguing with some people. I've been with Lost Society. When we have a society where justice isn't truly equal, when we have a society where money really impacts your ability to participate in the justice system, society begins to break down, you know? And so the young lawyer, keep that in mind and, and consider the fact that what you do in your practice and collectively, if you volunteer on boards and such, um, you know, we'll go a long way to the problems that we're serving, the problems that we're dealing with right now, the Black Lives Matter, and these, so many issues where marginalized people feel like they just don't even matter, you know? Um, so that's the other thing I would say to young lawyers, volunteer, um, don't be afraid of having some social conscience. It doesn't mean you gotta join a political party, I did that, and frankly, they're all bullshit, right? If you think you're going to join the conservatives or the liberals or the NDP and you're going to make the world a better place, you're going to perpetuate a corrupt structure and you will likely just help people get elected so they can have jobs. But if you want to help people, join the Law Society, join the CBA, volunteer to soup kitchen, uh, provide pro bono legal advice to the homeless. Do some things that matter to people. I would, I would not recommend getting involved in politics. I think the system is pretty corrupt and, and it's more depressing the longer you're in it, my experience. So there, that's my soapbox. And I talked about Black Lives Matters and I know we weren't going to, but it did anyway, because it's half my podcast. You got to talk about it and you even got to talk about access to justice. So that's a better day for Rob. It is. All right, well, let's cheers to the uh, law graduates of 2020. Yeah, congratulations. You've, you've put in probably six or seven years of study. You've spent a shitload of money. And uh, you're now coming out and you're entering the real world, if we can call it that, and enjoy it. It's, uh, uh, I've never regretted being a lawyer. It is something that is near and dear to my heart even now. I've never become cynical about what our position is in the bigger society. So young people, be proud. How's that? Perfect. So it's plans for the weekend. Uh, plans for the weekend. My wife has a surprise uh, car trip tomorrow. I don't know where we were going. We're supposed to go somewhere tomorrow. And uh, her dad and stepmom are coming for a visit, which is the first time the COVID rules are sort of relaxing. And so we're able to have an in-person visit with them. So that's going to happen too. How about you? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, our cat's sick, which has put a little bit of a damper on her mood around the house. Oh, My no. wife's brother's having some issues. Um, so, I mean, there's some things we're dealing with. I'll probably golf tomorrow, you know, clean house. Call of Duty, Blood Money is back. Oh, your game, good. All it's right. gone, rid of it it's gone for like five days. I was losing my mind. Speaking of what do I want to do with my life? I want to play Call of Duty every now and again uh, with a bunch of 20 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> did I mention on the podcast about these older guys? I don't think I did, these young guys. I don't think so. Yeah, it's just so stupid I am. I'm playing Call of Duty and uh, and uh, my uh, my avatar name is Sergeant Rock, and these two younger guys asked me, 
are you like really a sergeant? And I'm like, no, no, no. And then one goes, well, it's kind of like stolen valor then. And I go, well, no, it's kind of an homage to the comic book. And the one young guy goes, what comic book? And the other guy goes, Sergeant Rock used to be a comic like a long time ago. And I go, yeah, Sergeant Rock. And, uh, and the one young guy goes, how old are you? <laughs> I go, I'm old. And he goes, like 50 old? <laughs> I go, no, I'm like 58 old. And they both start laughing and they start calling me grandpa. We end up playing all night with these two oh, guys geez. that apparently were in the services in the United States. Uh, oh, that's and, funny. James. And they made jokes about me needing a colonoscopy between games. And, well, given the age. Yeah. So there you go. So, so a oh, little geez. bit of that and uh, probably being doing a bunch of work that I couldn't get done today, but yeah, so, I need to know, do that too. Balancing your life and all that. I know. Yeah. I need to do some of that too. Well, anyway, um, we'll call it a day and I'll say congrats and we'll see you next week. Congratulations. Congratulations.